Welcome everyone. Um, welcome to 2017 and our first special event for Parents at Work. I'm glad you can join us. I'm Emma Walsh. I'm the CEO of Parents at Work and I'll be your host for today's special event discussion. Um, if it's the first time you've joined us for a special event, as I said, welcome. Um, we have over 30 people registered for this particular event, joining us from all over Australia today. So thank you for being with us. Parents at Work um, is proud to be a sponsor of these free special events and to connect you with experts in the community to assist you with um, the daily juggle of career and family life. So please share our events with people in your community. We'd really like you to participate in this uh, call, so uh, if you can uh, ask us questions, you can do that uh, by using the webinar facility. So um, please do that as we proceed throughout the call. Um, so what are we discussing today? We're, we're discussing what it's like to expect, um, what to expect when starting school. And we've invited two experts today to share their insights on what to expect and how to navigate that first year of school, which for many people can feel very daunting, not only for your child, but for you as a parent. So I'd really like to welcome Renee, first of all. Renee is the Deputy Principal of Curran's Public, Curran's Hill Public School. And I'd also like to welcome Glenda, and Glenda is an experienced child education specialist who works to support children's emotional and special learning needs. Thank you both ladies for joining us. Thank you. Um, I know that when my twins started school, I really had no idea of what to expect. Um, I thought I did, but in all honesty, I didn't. Um, it was quite different from daycare, and many, I think many parents feel that transition to school um, just as deeply as their child, and in many ways, it's exciting, but also an anxious time for the whole family. So if you feel like um, perhaps I did, I think this is going to be a really good discussion for all of us. So. I, I think that you've all joined the call for a reason, so please have a think about what you'd like to ask Renee or Glenda today, and as I said, type in the question box as we go. But to begin, I thought we'd actually start the call by doing a, a bit of a poll, um, and we can do that live as we go, so on the screen you'll be able to participate in this. And this is the question we've got for you. Um, as a parent, how informed do you feel um, when about what to expect and be prepared for when your child starts school in those first few months. I'm going to launch the poll now. So I'll ask that question again. It's on your screen. As a parent, how informed do you feel about what to expect and be prepared for when starting school? So select one of the following there. And uh, I've got eyes wide open and informed. I know what to expect. Um, reasonably informed of what to expect or not entirely sure of what's in store. So I'll just give people another few seconds to rate that. I can see that coming through. Okay. I'll close that poll now and uh, I will share the results. Here we go, ladies. You can have a look at this as well. Okay. So looks like um, 57% of people have said not entirely, entirely sure of what's in store, so just over half. And some of you feel reasonably informed, so that's good, um, about half and half, but certainly more people um, not entirely sure of what to expect. So it's a really good place, I think, to start our conversation. I think mm. I'll start the conversation um, with you, actually, um, Renee. What do you make of these survey results? Um, what do you think is the reality for many children and parents? Um, I'm not surprised with those results. Having, even though I've been a teacher for over 20 years, when my son started school last year, I wasn't 100% sure what to expect myself. I went along to all the orientation days, and I'm sure all, all of you have done that also, and you, saw, you have a good idea of the logistics, what days they have to attend, what uniform they have to wear, um, what bag they have to take, all those sort of practical things. But it's the unknown uh, quantity, will they make friends? How is their learning going to progress? Mm. Um, will they love school? Will they yeah. like their teacher? There's all sorts of things that you, even at this point now, we don't really know. So we can't be certain of what to expect because it still hasn't happened yet. But it's um, something that we, as parents, need to remain really positive about so that our children are uh, really, really excited about starting school in the coming weeks because it is a great, exciting journey that they're about to embark on. Mm. And Glenda, what's your take on the results? You know, um, how anxious are parents and children do you think yeah. they're starting school? And how Very good 
very good question. I agree totally with Renee. Um, having experienced my own children starting school some years ago now, and um, I've been teaching for quite some time, um, it's the fear of the unknown and reading in between the lines, mm. I think, that creates this fear of not entirely sure of what to expect. Mm. We all know, as Renee said, the logistics, the dot points to tick, mm. but uh, it's it's you know, what to do when the unknown happens or, um, you know, how to approach something we've never approached before. Mm. So I think it's something that you really need to um, experience in the first few weeks of school. It's a bit of a journey mm. and maybe in two or three weeks we'll have a different take on it yeah. <laughs> after you start. Mm. That's good. Well, let's, uh, I think that's the obvious place to start, really. Let's have, um, I'll just flip these slides along as we go. Let's reveal what should people be expecting, you know, um, that's a, a really good starting point to start to think about what are those common things that we could expect might happen. Well, the first thing I'd say is expect your child to be tired. Yeah. Uh, even if they went to daycare five days a week, um, yes. you know, yourself if you start a new job or mm. you move to a new area, all the new things they're taking in. They have to um, navigate new relationships, new routines. So expect them to be tired. Mm. Expect them to be hungry when they get home. So I, w I would recommend that you um, don't overburden your child's schedule too much after school, especially in the first term. Mm. Give them plenty of time to rest and play and chat with you when they get home because they can be focusing so much on doing the right thing and following the right the rules and do, being a good boy or girl that when they get home that's all become too much and they could become quite emotional or tired. So that if that happens, it's totally normal. Mm. I know it happened with my own son and I hear about it from parents all the time. Um, or, uh, or, did you want to? Um, just following on on that point, Renee, I I always say to parents expect the bubble to burst about week two. Oh yes, that's a good one. And you will have. I don't want to go to school today. I suddenly don't like it. Yeah. Um, and uh, don't freak out when that happens because it is perfectly normal. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, they have, as Renee said, tried so hard for the first two weeks to please, to be good, mm. to be perfect, and then it suddenly they're tired mm. and, and mm. you'll hear bump. So mm. just be mm. careful to don't give in to that bump. <laughs> be strong yeah. and, and ride the wave. And so besides tiredness, what's going on in those first few weeks of school that might be, yeah, making that I don't want to go to school. Okay. Being present, do you think? You're not in preschool anymore. You're not allowed to wander around the room. You've got yeah. to sit at a desk. Yes. You've got to put your hand up. Yeah. You've got to take turns. You've got um, often 32 or 20, depending on the class size, of different personalities. Yeah. Some children you've never met before. Mm. So you're coping with a whole lot of stuff that's going on inside a small mind, you know, yes. that's trying to make sense of the world and the new unsecure yeah. environment. Yeah. So they're trying to find a sense of security. Yeah. And once that's established, and they're mm. understanding the person in front of them that's mm. talking to them for hours at a time, mm. then, um, then they'll, they'll, they'll start to settle. Right, so it's so about establishing new routines, <coughs> getting used to new routines, and that might not always feel you know, comfortable. That's right. And if yeah. they've been at the same, my son was at the same daycare since he was born, mm. um, or since he was little. Uh, they they've got that relationship with those mm. um, daycare educators that they've had for a long time, mm. and the kindergarten teacher mm. is a whole new person uh, mm. that they might not know before. And there's nobody around. They're in the playground with twelve year olds. Uh, it's a, they're not the big fish in the small daycare pond or preschool mm. pond anymore. So all of that takes a lot of navigating. Mm. And until they build that relationship with the teacher, it takes time, just like mm. it takes us time if we start a new job or a, something like that. It takes the child time to build up that relationship with the teacher. Mm. So you can help that by um, having communication with your child's teacher, mm. speaking positively about your child's teacher and um, getting your child to... Um, just have plenty of time to rest and relax as well at home. So they've got mm. that balance of time with you and your family and friends as mm. well as time at school. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm hearing sleep. Um, I'm hearing yes. expecting, I don't want to go to school. <laughs> it's a new routine. What else would you say are some of the common things that you can expect? Well, as a parent, don't expect the same level of 
interaction with the teacher that you might have had at daycare. Mm. Uh, when you pick the children up from daycare, I hear from most people, there's that time usually, oh, how, what, how, was, how was her day, how was his day? They may send emails. There's not that level of communication with a primary school teacher and it's not because they don't want to, it's because we often have other things after school that we have mm. meetings, training courses, different things like that. So um, if you need to see your child's teacher, there will be opportunities. Schools always give opportunities for you to come in um, formal times, parent-teacher interviews, etc. Mm. Uh, and you certainly can see your child's teacher. Uh, but it's always best to say, send a little note in or say, them, could I see you tomorrow one afternoon this week, mm. please, so the teacher can put it into their diary and make sure they've got that time to give you that what mm. you, the, the time that you need. Mm. Um, at 9 o'clock in the morning at Lyons is not the time to say, um, oh, can I talk to you about so-and-so? Because the teacher has to get the kids down to the class, the students, mm. and also you want to have the teacher have enough time to sit with you and not mm. have everybody else listening at what you, about what mm. you want to talk about as well generally, but uh, often the kindy teachers will be um, available, they'll make themselves available those first few weeks to just chat to parents and parents will come into the room, but it's just not always going to be possible. Mm. So it's best to sort of stand back, not get there at 2.30 and look through the windows and uh, <laughs> things like that as much as believe me, I wanted to. I wanted to go, on, what are they doing? How are they going? Um, because we do, we spend those first few weeks wondering how they're going all day, have they managed to open their lunchbox, have they found the toilet, have they got a friend? We all worry about those things, but yeah. the teachers care about the kids and they're highly qualified and professional and yeah. they will take care of your, your um, child for you. Yeah, and I, I think um, on that point too that we have to be mindful of, um, I always say anxious parents, anxious children, mm. don't create anxiety mm. from your fears, you generate them to your children's fears, mm. just make it a very positive experience. Mm. Um, one of the things that I think parents ask every day and particularly when they're new mm. to school is, mm. what did you do today? And how many times does a child tell you what they did today? It's um, gone out of their memory bank or they don't want to talk about it, they've moved on. Mm. So don't be offended as a parent if they don't want to tell you and share with you what what you did today. I have a great story to share at that point. Um, I had um, twins first, for those of you that know me on the call. Um, those twins are actually now 10, so it, it feels like a long time ago that first year of school as they head into year five this year. Mm. Um, but they were always so badly about everything that they did at school and um, it was a, a bit of a running joke that if any parent wanted to know how their children were going at school, they could ask uh -huh. my twin and they would tell them everything. <laughs> but here it all changed when um, my daughter started um, school last year and uh, and I would ask her that question, how was school today? Expecting to get this big verbose answer like I had for yeah. my twin. No, nothing. nothing. And I'd say, no, no, there's got to be something because I was in this routine. I got used to this expectation yeah. from the fir my first children that this is how it was going to be. And it's been quite a different experience mm -hmm. sending my third off because um, she, she doesn't really have anything to share. And in fact, she said to me, um, I, I'm still persevered. And she said to me um, the other day as we were um, winding up school, I said, oh, you know, any news? Oh, and she said, no, mum, you know me, no news. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really Personality thing, is it? That's fine. So interesting yeah. to yeah. be raising, you know, just different. So yeah. I think... Um, but you can, you can elicit better responses if you perhaps say, um, you know, what books did you read today? Yes. Or what games did you play? Or you can yes. ask more, but what did you do after lunch to try and point their memory? But then some some, some children women. just don't, don't want, want to share. share. <laughs> don't want to share. Or one good thing you did today. Yeah, one, good, one thing. good thing. Don't, don't focus on the bad things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But one good thing that happened today. Yeah. Oh, and when you're on the point of what to expect as a parent, school isn't going to be a success only journey or a terrible journey either. They'll have their good days and their bad days, mostly good. But if they do come home and, and um, say something's gone wrong, and it will, our friend didn't play with them or they didn't get invited to a party, it's just as a parent to be there to support your child, talk yeah. to them about it. And if it is something that, that you think is really concerning, always go and speak to the child's, your child's teacher mm -hmm. so they're made aware of it and they'll generally help you sort out any problems. But generally they'll be 
uh, in my 20, over 20 years experience of being a teacher, children love kindergarten and mm. they generally have a wonderful um, year of learning. Mm. Mm. It's just such a, as a parent, expect that boom of growth just in their, mm. uh, the way they, their personalities, their maturity. Uh, it's it's mm. really amazing mm. as a mum, mm. uh, dad I'm sure, <laughs> dad, mums and dads to watch how your child grows and changes in that first year. That's what mm. I found. It was mm. it was amazing. He became a little boy. Yeah, that year. Yeah, and I think you know just because it's still fresh in your mind. I know Renee, you said you had a child who started school this year, this year, or last, last year. Last year, I know it's January. Yeah, January. Um, what was surprising was there anything that surprised you that you know in your 20 years experience I'm sure you've seen it all but was there any surprises for you as a, a parent of a child going to school for the first yes, time? Yes I was surprised my son had a bit of uh, separation anxiety and I wasn't really expecting that right and that went on and it wasn't just over in the first few weeks it popped yeah. its head up um, every yeah. now and then over the course of the year so okay. didn't want to let the mornings that I was able to drop him off um, and you didn't go to before school care, sort of clinging on to me mm. and things like that. That surprised me that that could go on for that long. He was generally happy. The teacher assured me that he was really enjoying school. Mm. So that surprised me. Um, it surprised me the amount of activities that my son was invited to participate in. Mm. I had to sort of limit that and say, right, you can do swimming one morning and gymnastics <laughs> because I just, but there were, you know, weekend soccer or rugby league and um when the teacher, his teacher spoke to me about him having some issues with his pencil grip, I took him to OT and I just started feeling like, well, this is a lot. It's starting to um, become too much. So mm. um, that surprised me. And also surprised me the friendships that you make with the other parents. Because you're going oh. through that common experience mm -hmm. together and your children become friends and it's a lovely thing to see the kids becoming friends and then through that often you'll become really friendly with the parents and that's a really nice addition to their family life. I, I found that to be a wonderful part of starting school. Yes, exactly. You know, you, you do suddenly have this new cohort. Yeah, school is a community. It is a community and really deciding how you want to be part of that community is, you know, something for you to, to choose and, and get involved in. Yeah, that's right. I wasn't able to go and help down in the classroom because I work mm. full time. But some parents um, do do that mm -hmm. and um, yeah. that's a wonderful thing. Um, but schools have other ways of being involved if you'd like to go into the PNC or just as long as you can um, read the newsletters and keep in touch with what's happening in the school, that's the main thing. Yes. Just keep um, abreast of everything that's going on. And there's plenty of things that if you uh, do work full time like I do, that um, the, the children still, they have athletics, carnivals, excursions, there's still lots of things going on that yes. you, you need to be aware of. I'm glad you said that because I do think there is a lot of um, perhaps false expectations from, from parents that um, to be a good school parent in that first year of school, you have to be really um, actively involved, and you know that's what the definition of a you know a um, committed parent looks like. But for so many parents, that's not the case. They can't do it, mm. um, or they've got younger children, and it prevents them from being able to be actively involved in. in the yeah. everyday school, whether it be reading groups. I can assure you, I, yeah. I have worked in um, six different schools across New South Wales. And so I've met lots and lots of teachers. Mm. Um, that is certainly not the expectation of teachers. We mm. know that parents work. We're working, most of us are working full time ourselves. Yes. Um, the way that we like parents to be involved is just to uh, read with their children. That is the number one thing that every teacher, I'm sure, across New uh, Australia mm -hmm. would say. Yes. Even when they learn to read, yes. uh, read with them. If there's a, a permission note or something that's gone home, if you can return that, make sure they've got their library back. Things like that support your child and the um, teacher in the day-to-day -day running of this of this of the classroom. Yeah. Are things that we really appreciate. We certainly don't expect parents to be able to be there helping with reading groups. Some can, and that's great, and we love that too. If you've got that time, go please go ahead. The teachers um, also really love that, but we certainly don't sit there mm. saying Mr. Yeah. or Mrs. Son. So that absolutely not. Yeah. I think too is what you what you mentioned Emma, look at the calendar. Mm. Get the school calendar and work out what's important mm. and what you need to perhaps plan a, a day mm. you know, or a half a day from work release or something like that if you mm. can in advance. Mm. It's not always possible but I, I do remember my days of uh, being in the classroom and the crying child mm. that was left on their own for 
parent information day when the parents are invited to come in to look at the classroom mm. and you might get two or three whose parents just can't get there mm. but have something you know planned for them or someone else to step in like a grandparent or a friend um, you know a friend or the family or someone just so they've yeah. got a familiar attachment on that day when the other children are sharing or their mm. their family members um, mm. that was that was important or an excursion you know for you no one's coming up in four months and mm. you can take a a few hours off, try that. I mean, as, as Renee mm. said, teachers do not expect it, yeah. but the children do like it sometimes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think an assembly item is um, always a good one or a school concert. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fully aware all teachers are that school hours are work-friendly hours and yeah. um, I know myself, I made sure I got to an assembly item but I couldn't go to the athletics carnival. Like, yeah. we, you just can't. You, you oh, I can't. Yeah, you can't. That's yeah. it. You choose the thing maybe that's important to the child. Mm. Uh, and, um, or a big merit award. Some mm. a lot of schools have the little merit awards that build up to the big one. Something yeah. like that, and just yeah. try and get there when you can. But it certainly help on a weekly basis is not expected. Okay, mm. I've had a good question from Natalie around um, extracurricular activities. Would you recommend a sporting activity once a week? Um, is that okay in term one, or would you actually avoid this? This is actually quite a common mm. question, and I think this was really debated. And I noticed this question come up between the parents in my school yes. with my third child. A lot of conversation went on about how much extracurricular activity was suitable, I guess, is the question mm. in that first term. Um, yeah. So, do you have any sort of? I, I can only give you my my mum opinion on that. And yeah. I, my son kept going with his swimming lessons. Um, mm. I, I think that one. Often people say I hear a lot of people say swimming plus one other mm. thing. Uh, in term one, I don't think one. I think one afternoon a week would be perfectly fine. But you, you're the mum, and um, mm. Natalie, you know your child the best. And in fact, that could be a great stress reliever for your mm. child, mm. Uh, especially if they've already been doing dancing or um, karate or whatever you might be thinking of doing. They wouldn't want to stop doing that more than likely. In fact, that will help them keep that um, sense of familiar, mm -hmm. yeah, familiarity. So mm. I certainly don't think one afternoon would be a problem. I, I'm a great believer in not crowding the curriculum with extra activities after school. Yeah. Um, I agree one is fantastic, but a lot of parents today feel that their parent that their children have to be filled with something every afternoon, whether it's a no. play date, yes. whether it's swimming lessons, ballet lessons, soccer practice or whatever. Um, and unfortunately, I think it's a bit of a snowballing effect when you see others doing it in the class, you feel like you're not the perfect parent if you're not doing the same. Yeah, I certainly felt that pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you've just got to say, well, you know, if my child becomes too tired, then they become anxious. Then mm. they start to drop their bundle a bit. So that first term's really important, I think, mm. to establish mm. routines mm. and give themselves, as Renee said, the time to catch up at the end of the day and not be so tired. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I, I do think we've got to be careful as parents not to fall victim to this whole, oh, if my child isn't in that, that sporting group or, you know, doing that particular lesson, they're going to be disadvantaged in some way. They won't make friends with the rest of the class that are doing that class. And, mm. um, and so this whole, oh, yeah, I've got to opt in too. Mm. Um, we're just going to have to figure out how we do that. Um, can easily happen. Mm. I think it's certainly something to watch out for. I think it's a good piece of advice. Good question, Natalie, and we've got some others coming through. And um, I'll answer, we'll ask those questions as we go. So thank you, keep them coming. Um, the, the next thing I wanted to talk about, and we've touched on it, is this um, whole basics of, we've been talking about what should I expect, but I'd like to come to the basics of, of what you should expect for you. Because what we've really been talking about is what you can expect will happen um, for your child. Right? Yes. and want to be aware yeah. of what's going on for your child. But I know for me, it always felt like I was going back to school. It was yeah. a really weird feeling. And you know, these little insecurities and, and little memories of, it came back for me of what it was like being back at school. Yeah. And I remember yeah. having to acknowledge, hey, this is my experience, not my child's, and it's a long time ago. Um, and all those things that come floating back in your mind around what worked for you at school or didn't work for you at school how involved your mum or dad was at school or they weren't. So I remember feeling that, oh, I feel like I'm going back to school and that being a little bit of an unexpected feeling. I had all sorts of different mm -hmm. feelings mm -hmm. as a parent. So what do you think parents can expect that might come up for them besides perhaps 
that that I've just shared? I mean, how common is that? Um, I, I think that's very common. And I think what you were saying, Emma, about all those thoughts and memories come flooding back to you. Yeah. Share those yeah. with your child. Um, mm. Make sure they're the positive experience. The positive one. <laughs> yes. Leave out the negative, but I think yeah. share it so that your child yeah. knows that you went through lots of similar things. Yes. You know, and talk about it so that it's not you know demystifying it, as yeah. you say. Bring it out in the in the open. Um, but I think as parents, I know when my first child went to school, I was so anxious about them. Mm starting school and I used to let them get the bus but I followed the bus to school. <laughs> I do that a lot of times at first that people is, do that. Which yeah, is yeah. terrible mm -hmm. as a mother. Right? No, I look back so. now. But the number of times I rescued a school bag that was left on the bus or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just wanted peace of mind even though it was a short distance that they got there safely and to let them have their independence but mm. still have them on that little lead, if you know mm. what I mean, which mm. you're, yeah. you're just overseeing them that they're safe in a mm. safe environment. So, mm. um, But, you know, I was anxious as a parent and particularly with my first child mm. um, and I had to be very careful not to transfer those anxieties mm. onto my child. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel a little bit anxious but I was also very excited. Mm. Mm. So I think that um, how your child responds in a big way um, sort of informs how we're going to feel like next week mm. as we get towards those days and best starts happening for uh, we start thinking all well, the uniforms getting tried on the shoes are being bought you know mm. you do start to get a little bit bit anxious but as a parent um, it did change like the family routine I, mm. I feel because mm. um, I don't know about your where your children go for daycare but the food was provided I just yes. turned up with the bag and wear whatever you've got on and then all of a sudden lunches had to be made and um, calendar had to all oh, this library today oh there's um, science today or oh, there's don't forget your computer log on and all of a sudden it was a bit more of a routine that had to so I found establishing a routine um, was helpful for my son and for myself to put the clothes out the night before, make the lunches the night before, mm. just so we because we leave pretty early. Um, it's a whole different mm. ball game, mm. and also a lot of parents. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's children will be going to before and after school care. That's mm. another another layer that kids today had that perhaps we didn't when we started school. Mm. Start knowing uh, who's picking me up. Is it um, a mum or dad taking me, dropping me off? Um, or am I going to before yeah. or after school? Yeah. Yeah. So mm. that's another that's another thing that mm. um, we have to navigate as well. I, I agree with that one. I think a lot of children get anxious towards bell time when they're not sure of the arrangements in the afternoon. Yeah, pickups changed or times mm. changed or where you're going to meet your child's changed. Mm. So you need mm. to really be careful as well. We, like, we do, as parents, we do as well. Oh, something's mm. fallen through. I haven't got someone to pick up my child. Mm. And what to expect? It sounds silly, mm. but there is what to expect is school holidays. Mm. And that is something that when you're working, it is. Oh, we know this. Well, kids have school holidays. Mm. So when it starts to come upon you and you've got to work, you and your mm. partner, if you have one, have to negotiate that. Like, mm. who's taking time off work? Mm. Are we getting grandparents? Are we putting them in vacation care? Mm. Mm. Um, I'm a teacher, and yes, I technically have that time off work. But like, I I worked mm. yesterday. I have to work on Friday. Part of the school holidays, I certainly am working, and I have to make arrangements for my children during that time. Mm. So, whereas it was daycare, mm. keep going. Uh, once the school starts, you have to be prepared at that time, and especially those summer ones. Mm. Six weeks is a long time. <laughs> yeah. So parents, expect to have your hands in your pocket because yeah. school holidays are expensive. Yeah. They, they want to do this, they want to do that, and, um, you know, it's um, a great time in children. They really do need that. Yeah, that you almost need break. a budget for summer holidays. I think so. Going away. And you know what? This is my, my son started last year, so this has been my first big lot of holidays. And oh, it's true. It's always oh, oh, we do plenty. We've got a pool. Lucky that's lucky for us. But there's you know, there's lots of free things. But it does add up. And organising play dates, trying to make sure the kids have plenty of free time to just get out and ride their bikes or whatever they want to do. But also um, having formal care is necessary. Mm. Oh yes, if you're working. Mm. 
Absolutely. Okay, I think we certainly will move on to common challenges because I actually think that is a really a common one that people sort of underestimate actually the level of stress and anxiety that can create in a household is, is managing all those 13 weeks off or whatever it is mm. that they get throughout yes. the year. We've had another good question. Um, thank you, Vanessa, around how do we prepare them from, uh, for being the little fish, if you like, in the preschool? Um, or being the big fish, I should say, in the um, preschool to being the little fish again. And um, being aware that they're going to have older kids that they're going to have to navigate in the playground than being so little. How, how do most school, schools look after the, the little ones? Oh, I can speak yeah. to the schools that I've worked at, which yeah. mm. to can too, Glenda. We keep our kindies in a separate little playground for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. And we prepare that our teachers all wear orange uh, fluoro vests so, children, so we point out where is the best places to play. Yeah. And we also speak to our older students about being... Um, Buddies. Yeah, being buddies, buddies and yeah. being kind, and they usually, I mean, I, I have never heard of an instance where all the older kids, in fact, think Kimmy's a really cute new teacher, have to say, <laughs> leave, them. leave them alone. Yes. That, that's enough. Um, yes, so all you can do, there's books that you can read about starting school, mm. you can point out children that are about that age, or 11, uh, sorry, ages 11 or 12 mm. that you see, cousins or uh, perhaps family friends and say, oh, there's children that are this age. Um, but Frame it as them being a friend and someone they can go to. You, I don't think I've seen a year six child, but if the kindy went up to them and said, I can't find the toilet or something, wouldn't be more than happy to help. Mm -hmm. So schools do put things in place to make sure um, that... But I know my son mm. st stuck to the kindy playground for longer than I thought because he was saying to me, oh, those kids are very big. Yeah. <laughs> one day we did a program called Peer Support. Most schools have a form of this type of thing. And then he had his year six buddy. Then he was... It, got, it just became normal. It just mm. becomes normal. And we have another um, question from Casey around um, the school having a buddy policy with um, going to the toilet. And I know that there's certainly been lots of discussions about that. I know that's a big, um, there's big rules and regulations mm. around mm. that at our mm. school. Mm. Um, if your school, as Casey's suggesting, doesn't have a policy where you go with a buddy to the bathroom, you know, what are you know, this is something that's of concern. Yes. Mm. Um, what could you be doing? What kind of conversations would you be starting with the school about that? If that was a concern? Well, yeah. I, I would definitely start that uh, conversation yeah. with the classroom teacher um, because I think most schools do have a buddy system. I've always yeah. done it. I don't know if any schools that don't have one. And yeah. if they, if your school does not have one, I would certainly be be uh, approach the principal and the classroom. Yeah, about what the introduction will be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You need to know as a parent that your child is safe mm. and um, you know, without imparting anxiety on your child for going to to the toilet. Because yeah. a lot of children don't want to go to the toilet at school. That's right. And some yeah. children, you know, get home and have all sorts of problems because they haven't they're too scared yes. to go and yeah. or they don't know how to close lock the door. Yes. They don't know how to open the lock on the door. Yeah. Some of the little boys, I'll just say this to your parents, make sure that your boy knows how to go to the toilet. Standing had a urinal, yeah. yeah, because they can that can cause them a lot of embarrassment. They get in there and someone laughs at them, but they don't realise mm. that that's how they yeah. have to go. Yeah. So and I think just write a little yeah. note, um, dear Mister or Mrs. So and So, I would prefer my child goes to the toilet with a friend. Kind regards, exactly. So and so, and then it's in writing, and you've got mm. it there for the teacher mm. and the principal to adhere to. And also, I'd say in that first term, pack a little urinic mm. in the bag. Yeah, never know the number of kids that might. Have a little accent, but do not want to tell anybody. Yeah, and they just become very insular and withdrawn and upset. Yeah, and then they want to go to school the next day. So if they've got a little pair of knickers yes. in the bag, and you explain to them what's that, what what's that, that for, for? Yeah. then it just helps to smooth out anything. That's happens. quite common for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we I certainly had that rule that we yeah. with my kids went with spare underwear and I know that, that made them feel more comfortable that they knew that was there. Mm. Um, actually. So yeah, for sure. Um good question, um, Casey, thank you. Okay, so we've started to sort of touch on some of that and we've already brought up, you know, what are some of these common challenges. Um but we've really been demystifying some of those things around don't worry about it, that's kind of normal. Um what do you think are some of the other common challenges beyond those sort of um, immediate ones that we were talking about earlier around, I don't really want to go to school in those first couple of weeks. What else might you um, need to be aware of, I guess? Okay, well, here's the red flag. Mm -hmm. That's, when as a, the teacher gets to know mm -hmm. the students, 
um, it's a possibility that some red flags will be raised that your child isn't progressing mm. at the level that is expected. Mm. Um, and that can be a really challenging and upsetting thing for parents and, and for children to cope with. Yeah. Um, so what, what would happen is that the teacher, or you, you might notice something or you might be concerned about something. So a discussion would happen either at the teacher's um, instigation or yours. Mm -hmm. And what happens in most schools then is that they would um, refer the child to a learning support team. That's just mm -hmm. a group of support teachers uh, who get together and assessments might be, um, they might decide to do some assessments and I know you mm -hmm. had some more information mm -hmm. on that, on that, Glenda. My son, I was told, um, his handwriting was quite poor so I took him to have an OT assessment. So he went to see, an, um, then I did uh, 10 weeks of an occupational therapist. Mm. So little problems could come up with their reading, perhaps the teachers notice there's a vision problem, there could be social problems which I think are always very difficult to deal, like for mums and dads to hear, my child's having trouble making mm. friends. Mm. But the teachers are there to help you and help your child with any mm. of those problems and you should never be worried about going up and saying, I'm a bit worried about this. And the teacher might say, oh, no, I haven't seen that, or they might say, okay, well, I'll keep an eye out on that, or they, they might approach you. So that's a, that's a challenge mm. that, that can happen. Mm. There could be behaviour problems. Um, sometimes a child might have a little bit of trouble following the school rules. Again, that's not uncommon. Mm. So there could be a few little issues where the child's having trouble in that way, the teacher might have to speak to you, and all you can do is just go home and reinforce those um, mm. things with your child mm. about following the rules. Mm turn-taking, sharing, it's all really hard for them at that age. Yes. So all these things are quite common and it, if the teacher does speak to you about something, don't take it personally or, or panic. Mm. It's just very common and a step-by-step -step approach with the teacher will help that problem mm. be solved. Yeah. No, I agree, Renee, school is a partnership. So if you feel that there's some little red flags and whether it's, as Renee said, you've noticed them at home or, or perhaps the teacher's approached you, um, make sure that your teacher's your first protocol. Um, your you know your child better than anyone. Yes. You're, you're the most important person you're the in their life. You are the expert. Don't you forget that. Um, but you need to go and share that with your teacher. Um, and then... Once the teacher um, has that conversation with you, then the next action can be taken, whether we need to go in whichever direction. Um, but as Renee said, all schools have a learning support um, system in place, um, or even if it's a behaviour issue or just a friendship. And, and you need to work out a little step plan that's going to go, that you're all going to work towards to, to um, help that common mm. goal being achieved mm. but um, you know it, it is I think early intervention is very key mm. um, don't let things go on for a whole year and then suddenly say hey it's fourth term and my child can't read mm. or mm. fourth term and um, you know this pattern of behavior is still maintained mm. you need to get in before fourth term <laughs> yeah uh, well before so um mm. be patient though be patient in the first term the mm. first term is the learning term mm. so, yeah um, yeah that's right in mm. the first term they're still yeah. in routines and know, yeah, don't expect your child to be i mean some will but don't expect them to be reading and writing at the end of term one no. they're just no. learning how to take turns follow routines mm. uh, they're learning so much even though yeah. it might not be on pen and paper my child came home from school on the first day and cried hysterically at dinner. Yeah. And I said, what was the matter? And he said, I didn't learn to read. Oh. And that was the first day. Because I oh. kept saying to him, oh, you learned to read. It'll be yeah. wonderful. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> and expected to go in at the end of the first day and know how to read a book. Oh. <laughs> you know, another thing that can come up, um, that you're not used to at daycare, that could be a challenge for the child. Um, teachers are given time for professional development. So they might, um, especially if they're a new scheme teacher or an assistant principal, they might be given time off for mentoring or not time off, but they're working on other things and your child might have a casual teacher for a day. And that's mm. not something that, um, I know my son 
I couldn't say casual, it's like casual. I got a casual teacher and he was a bit, um, you know, taken aback by that. So that's something that they can find difficult at first as well, not having their, the teacher might have long service leave or have. It's quite mm. normal mm. for your teacher to be on a course for a couple of days, your child's teacher, mm. or um, be working um, with other mentoring or doing um, planning. Away with other, away from, just away, working away mm. from the classroom. It's more common now than it used to be. So plus they have a library teacher and they might have. Yeah. So that can um, cause a little bit of um, angst. But our, our teachers are highly qualified professionals. They make sure the curriculum goes ahead. But don't be surprised if you get to find something. Don't think to yourself, oh, Mrs. So-and-so's away again, because more than they're not. And hopefully the school will communicate or the teacher will about uh, where the teacher actually is. That's something that you might not be expecting. Um, good. I think I'd like to talk about parent protocol because we've been sort of discussing it you know, throughout and starting to think about, yeah, what is um, the role of a parent in this? And you brought it up, uh, Glenda, about it being a learning partnership. And I think it's great. I think sometimes it's really hard to understand what your role is in that learning partnership as a parent and not to overstep the mark or undercook it, as you were saying. Mm. Um, and so I remember starting school and luckily enough there was a couple of um, mums in the same year of me as me that had um, were teachers, and I and I went up to them in term one and said, "What's expected <laughs> of me? You know, how often should I be calling the teacher or emailing them, and should I be going in, you know, fortnightly? And you know, is that up to me to initiate that? What what, what do I need to do?" And they said, "Oh no, gosh, no, don't do that! <laughs> oh my goodness, um, no, they'll they'll call you if there's a problem um, outside the normal check-ins, and and really you can only expect to." have two conversations a year. I remember being really like, really? My goodness, because, you know, at daycare, as you say, you'd have a conversation every day. Yeah, every day. Day, uh, That's hard. It's hard as a parent. It's, it's really hard. I remember feeling back, yeah. very in the dark about what was really going on. Um, so I think you know, being able to find... Were your twins in the same class? No, separate classes Oh, okay, because well. that's... Yeah, usually they are in the same class, so I was just wondering. Yeah, yes. no, separate classes as well. So I remember um, having to take that feedback on board, go home, thought about that, and went, you know what, I'm not totally comfortable with that. I need to come up with something. I need to know a little bit more than that. Um, so I kind of made it, a, I guess, a rule for myself to go, you know, I'm going to ask once a term. I'm going to ask to see them at the end of each term around how they went and where they're at rather than the, the normal twice a year mm. conversations that you have. I think that's fair. Yeah, and so, you know, what do you think is the role of, of a parent in their child's learning? And, you know, what are, what are the partnerships? that they should really create with their, their child's teacher, Renee, well, for you first. Well, I, I always love to get to yeah. know um, the parents of my mm. children. At our school we have a meet the teacher night and that's where the parents tell us about the child and that's mm. where I get so much information. Mm. That's why we do the best start assessment at the beginning yes. of kindergarten yeah. because we recognise their prior learning mm. and the parents can tell me more in that you know, 10 yes. or 20 minutes we might have together um, than... I would maybe be able to garner from quite a few weeks. So yeah. I love to meet my parents and I certainly, I always keep my Thursday afternoons free as a kind of a drop in point if they want to come in and see me. Phone calls are perfectly mm. all right. The teacher might not be on class and might not be able to call you back straight away. But a phone call, if you're worried about, you just want to, I'm just checking in. Mm. There's not a te teachers expect to mm. have that. We want to talk to you, but we mm. don't feel that you're a bad parent if you don't do that. No. So certainly they don't expect a parent to be coming in every single afternoon because it's not good for the, the kids to be asking every single day how are they going out. Sure, the first week of kindergarten you would, but not by year four. Yes. Yes. So the first in the first few weeks of kindergarten, it's certainly okay to be checking how did they go today yeah. with, the, with the teacher. The teachers are expecting that and you can just make sure. once. But once you've checked that your child is going all right, you won't feel the need to do that. But if things mm. come up, then you should always give, give a call, email, whatever your school's protocol mm. is. It still parents write notes still. Mm. Um, just wanted to make you aware of this. Mm. And certainly if your child has anything like allergies, um, things that are happening in Disorders. the family, yeah. divorces or uh, grandparent death or just anything like that, moving house, any sort of big upheaval, pet died, always tell the teacher because the teacher can then make sure that 
they keeping an eye on your child. I think mm. it's really important with big things that happen, new baby coming along, mum's pregnant, mum's starting work full time, yes. dad's, you know, dad, whatever, away. dad's away, dad's um, staying at home looking after the kids. Now, any changes like that, I would always let the, the, te the teacher know. Okay. And they don't get up, don't get up in the staff room and talk no. about your private business. We yes. don't do that. We, 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 it's a real trust. It's that trust between yourselves and ourselves as we, like try and raise these kids together yes. and um, we do care about kids very much, we want the best for them and mm. that's why we want to communicate with you and work with you. Mm. Mm. Good question from Nikki around um, what's the normal amount of home reading for kindergarten students and I think I might add to this question as well around what, what kind of homework might you expect in kindergarten in general and, and you know what is your role of parent to be, um, you know, I guess educating or um, trying to cover off what was covered off in the classroom. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, as Renee said before, reading mm. is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, reading together. You know, yeah. I would say twenty minutes a night in kindergarten, reading with your child. Yeah. Um, they will come home with readers. Every school is different when mm. they give readers to their children mm. and when your child is ready. Mm. Um, but I think. Reading is the most important thing. Mm. As the year progresses, different teachers will introduce mm. different little mm. things, whether it's some sight words or, um, you know, reading mm. words or something to support their reading mm. Or, mm. or some counting activities or whatever. Mm. But mm. nothing formal is really... Well, it depends, it depends, yeah, it depends on We did have a worksheet um, at my school this year and it was just like tracing numbers and letters and then the home reading, but that didn't start till term two. Mm. So it could range. It depends on your school. If it's a mm. public school or private school, the teachers themselves, like where's two teachers sitting here? And we we would have perhaps set there is a there is a policy, the Department of Education for public schools at times per mm. day. Um, oh, look, I I think it does help children get in a, a routine and it gives you a chance to have a look at what they're doing. Yeah. So I this is my personal opinion. I, I like a little bit of homework just to sit with my son and um, have a look at what he's doing, where he's up to. We can talk about things. I can mm. see how he's going. Um, it, for us, it wouldn't take more than 20 minutes, though. And mm. some nights it didn't get done because we were doing something else. Yes. Uh, but mostly we'll, we'll get it done. About about 20, 20 minutes or so should be enough. Okay. I think that it's very important to establish a routine mm. too. Mm. So work out when that best time is for mm. you and your whole family unit. Is it the morning before school? To read together, or is it at night, you know, or mm. afternoon? Mm. Work out mm. that time and and program it in and make it a ritual. Mm. Children learn by good role models. So yeah. when they mm. see the other members of the family reading, mm. it's it's a good role model. So whether yeah. you've got sibling siblings that can read yeah. as well at the same time, yeah. Um, and, and that sharing experience with your child mm. gives your child so many tools. Yes. You know? Um, but listening to them read, but when you do listen to them read, I always um, get a little bit critical of parents because they jump in and supply the word for the child. Mm. Let them read the sentence, let them finish, mm. then they've got meaning and then they're working out, does that sentence make sense? Mm. You know? Don't jump in and supply a word if a child reads it incorrectly. Mm. Let them finish the sentence first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, so there's lots of things, but I do, I do believe that well, we had some tablet homework as well this year, which is reading eggs. So, um, they had to do a little bit of yeah. phonics based things on the computer. They didn't have to do that, but um, they did it with athletics and reading eggs, and of course anything on the computer. And that's a thing for um, between now and then, uh, between now and school starts. Another thing the kids are expected to do. Uh, it doesn't matter if they don't learn it until they start school, mm. but they had to log on to a computer. Mm. So in the New South Wales public system, I'm not sure if it's the same with everyone else, they had to dot my son's name, Benji.Thompson1. Mm. So it's good for them to practice typing in their name as well okay. as, because you would believe it's so cute when you see them in a the computer lab and they're going, you can't see me, but I'm uh, pretending to um, the keys, like they, so they look for the key and if they've got a long name, yeah. um, it can take them a really long time. So that's something if you've got a, if you're looking for something to do with them before school starts, practice typing their name. Ah, not writing anymore, typing. Oh no, they have writing. <laughs> writing, writing as well, as well but yeah. typing, but something a bit more, they, they might find that's a big school special. Yes. Okay, yeah. well, that's good. Yeah. Um, we also have another question from Jamie on a slightly different 
question, um, but it's about after school care. And we want to use after school care, but we're thinking of not using it in the first couple of weeks. I thought this might reduce the stress on the child. So, is there a, I guess, a, um, a rule around if you don't do after school care, you know, should you um, gradually introduce it? I guess is what Daniel is asking. Good, good. That's a really good question. Um, I wouldn't do that. Um, because the children at the after-school care will be making friendships and you're getting used to the routine at the after-school care. If yes. anything, don't leave him or her there as long as you normally would. Yes. So at least let them go there and practice that routine of going to after-school care and even if they only stay for 45 minutes and pick them up. Yes. Okay. Because if you just put the child in there four weeks later and everybody else has made friends, everybody else knows the routine, mm -hmm. I mean, that's it's it, it's interesting because you would think that that might give them a bit more rest and things, but if they miss out on starting off, I, I certainly put my son in from the start, um, and I know I, I feel and if I had to put him in later, he would have found that yeah. difficult. No, no, that's a good point, and and I would agree. That it just gradually increase the length of stay, you know, right. shorter, and then phase it out. Okay, yeah. so rather than delay starting at all. Yeah. Okay. No, a good question. It so, was interesting. Um, the next thing we thought we'd just move on to is this whole thing of what should I prioritise versus not. You know, I think one of the things, particularly in that first couple of terms, that you should really be prioritising as a parent for you and your child versus don't worry about it. That's not important. I think we've covered off one of the things around you know the after school activity. We've covered off a bit around the homework. But what else would you suggest? You should really prioritise. Um, you know, this couple of routine, yeah. <laughs> really important Creative routine. routine. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even if you're a busy working parent, mm. you can especially if you are. Especially if you are, <laughs> you'll have to have them even more so. But yeah. I think routine is is really important. And the other thing I would say, um, this is not really a priority, but I would say, do not compare. Do not mm. compare your child to a sibling. Mm. Or mm. to any other child in the class. That's a good point. Mm. Every child is different and every mm. child progresses at their own rate. As you know, Renee, they've got a range of ages in that one kindergarten class. Yes. From the early young children. Yes, you can have them between four and a half and six starting in yes. the same year. Yes, it's incredible, isn't it? It is. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it such is. a wide. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But routine is, is, I would say, the number one starting factor. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I would say um, make sure. I, touch on this rest, healthy food, plenty of time to still play, quality time with mum and dad um, and encouraging those social relationships as well with with other kids and the um, teacher mm -hmm. and just really speaking positively about about the school experience as much. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to say you, if the child has a problem that you just brush it over, you need to listen to your children if they have a problem because it won't always be perfect. No. Mm. Acknowledge how they yeah. feel and that it's real. Children have feelings just like we mm. We have bad days, they have bad days. Yeah. Mm. Just give them strategies to cope with those, no, with those bad you've days. You've got to keep that dialogue open with your child mm. constantly. You know, mm. Just talk to them about mm. how things are going. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I um, certainly um, felt very strongly about that, that there isn't always good days, they will have good days and bad days, just they like do. we do as adults, and mm. that, you know, there is sometimes um, such a pressure in modern parenting to make every day a great day for your child, and, you know, if it isn't, well, that's not good enough, and, you know, we've done a poor job at that, mm. and um, there's a lot of braiding mm. of that, mm. or we look for someone to blame when, when there hasn't been a great day. Um, so I've really tried hard in my household to, to do you know what, Mum had a hard day today, it's really not great. And I go, oh, really? What happened? And I go, oh, well, this happened and that happened. You know, I've seen a child in layman's turn. Mm. But it wasn't great, but it's okay for better now. It's home, it'll be a better day tomorrow. And just that sharing of, you know what, it's yeah. not always good. And yeah, you can overcome it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, Emma, doing what you did has helped to build up confidence in your child and resilience. Yes. Yeah. Even though you don't know it. Yeah. What you're doing is sharing and letting them know that you know you've had to work out how to solve a problem. You've had to work out how to get through that day. Yeah. So you're going to help your child do that too. Yeah. Um, this resilience thing, I, I think, is extremely important, and it's mm. important at a young age to establish. Mm. Um, I call it the every child gets a snake syndrome, yes. <laughs> yes. where every child gets a reward for yeah. something. 
Yeah. Life is not about rewards every day of our lives. No. Yeah. So we have to fall. We have mm. to climb back up. Mm. We have to know how to climb back up when we fall. Mm. And you as a parent mm. have to support that. And by sharing them the fact that, you know, you might have a bad day too, mm. helps them see. Mm. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts from there? Um, no, not really. Not, yeah. not on that one. I think it's... um. Just uh, focus on how exciting it's going to be mm, and fun for, mm, your, for mm, your child. Mm. I think that um, the most important thing when a child starts kindergarten is the social and emotional aspect mm. of academic. Oh, definitely. Mm. And and you've got to remember that, prioritise that as a parent. I mm. think that's, mm. that's the number one. Mm. 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 Well, that's good. As we come to a close in the last um, few minutes of this conversation, I asked both um, Renee and Linda to give me some final points, if you like, um, for discussion. So we'll move those those points. And these are really a sum up of some of the things that we've been talking about um, through this whole um, discussion so far. And if there's any other final questions, I'd ask you um, to um, send them through now and we'll make time to answer them if we can. Um, so, Glenda, these in particular uh, you put forward. Anything in particular on that list that you think we we haven't you know delved into enough? Or? Um, I think we've covered most of those tips, um, and um, I think you know having having Renee talk about her experiences so fresh and mm. you yes um, with your children having just gone through that journey is mm. is has been really good in answering a lot of those questions. Mm. Um, but I think that um, as parents, it's very easy to feel that we need to be doing the same as everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, your journey is your own journey, but you must remember that it's a partnership with your school and it's the beginning of a long partnership mm. that's going to go on for many years. So mm. we've got to start off being positive about it and we are the role models, remember mm. that, mm. and and create some very firm boundaries, you know. Mm. Children love boundaries, so mm. don't be afraid to put those in place as you establish your routines. Mm. And, um, you know, children will push them all the time, mm. but uh, just keep within those boundaries and be a positive, mm. you know, loving parent, really. Yeah. Support them, yeah. And maybe just a final um, question for me around um, where to go as a parent if you feel like you need some additional support with, you know, your child's learning, what the, um, what would you suggest, Renee, is the, um, the first point of call besides talking to their teacher? Now, okay, the well, it's always the first, the first thing is to always see the teacher. If yeah. I'm a deputy principal, if somebody comes to me mm. and with a, an issue, I'll say, mm. have you seen the class teachers first? Because that person knows um, your child the best. From yeah. time to time, it's not very common, but from time to time, you can't resolve it with the teacher for whatever yes. reason. I won't say that doesn't happen because it does. It does. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not common, but it does happen. So in that case, there's usually a, a grade coordinator or an assistant principal that's in charge of every stage, we call them. So um, you could, um, the, the newsletter should let you know who that person is and you can go and make an appointment with that person and or the deputy principal or, or the principal. But going straight to the principal, especially in a large school, probably isn't going to get you your best result mm. because the in my school, for instance, there's 600 children. Mm. So the principal can't know everybody um, mm. in the school that like to that level that they yes, need to. Um, yeah. I mean the principal will always see people if they can. But to get the best result, if it's not working out with the teacher, go to the next person which is the assistant principal mm. who will um, no doubt know the child a lot better because they're working close within that. Mm. Right. And there's also, most schools have um, school counsellors mm. and they're people you can access directly as well if mm. there's something that um, you feel um, we, we have at our school, most schools can self-refer. If you think mm. there's a learning problem, mm. um, you can ask for your child to be referred to that um, to the council of learning mm. support team mm. and they'll then take it from there mm. and get the assessments that, that need doing. Right. Mm. And, um, get, and, and those schools have things called people things, mm. called support learning officers. Mm. Uh, they're teachers' aides mm. who work with the classrooms. So they might do something like a little program in there where your child gets to work in a small group. Mm. Uh, we have learning support teachers who are actual qualified um, primary teachers and they take small groups out of work in their class. There's a lot of support to be accessed in the school if your children are on the opposite end are showing um, gifted and talented traits where they need an extension. Mm. Um, the schools are used to differentiating the curriculum for all sorts of different children. 
because mm. no future kids are the same. Um, they might show a talent in lots of different areas. You can be surprised your child is really sporty. Well, they're not. Well, they're musical. They're not. And that's what's great about primary school. They can have a big exposure to so many different things. See what little people they're going to be, what they like to do, and what um, who they're going to become. That's what we hope to to help them do. Yeah. And the school counsellor just touching on that subject, Renee. Um, you know, you may have something that is private, very confidential, and you, you want to talk to somebody about it. Mm -hmm. um, they will always be very confidential. Mm -hmm. You can make an appointment, as you said, to yes. see the school counsellor. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go through your teacher, although your teacher is there to support you mm -hmm. um, and uh, support your child. So knowing what's going on mm -hmm. is great asset for everyone in some mm. ways, but mm. um, the school counsellor is there to, to help, so please. Um, yeah, and you might, you might have some teachers that you love and was, were great for your child, like I had with my child last year, um, and that you just feel, but another year you might not have that same click with that teacher, it's because teachers are just as varied as, as any other work group colleagues. of people. Yes, yeah, it's work colleagues. Exactly. You might have exactly. some years where you really you feel um, a certain way, um, even if you personally don't may perhaps like this teacher as much. You don't know what's the your child could be still really getting a lot out of that teacher. Mm. Um, mm. I've noticed that um, a lot. And sometimes a teacher might have a personality that um, doesn't appeal to some parents, but in the classroom they're magical. So don't you, yes. you have to just see how your if your child is improving. Yes. It's not about being top of the class, not about being bottom, improving and making progress. Mm. That is and enjoys going to school. Yeah. If you've got those two things improving enjoying going to school, you've got success. Yes. Okay. Happy, happy child. Yeah. <laughs> happy home. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. Well, thank you both ladies so much for sharing your insights and, and knowledge and, and wisdom on this topic. I think, um, you know, 2017 for these parents that have listened to this today will be really informative. And um, I, I hope so. Everyone, mm -hmm. um, yes. perhaps if they answered that poll again, would now feel quite informed about what to expect. Thank you again. Both of you Pleasure. for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks everyone for joining us and we'll see you again at the next special event which will be on navigating your career in 2017 which is um, being run next month. Hope to see you then. Thank you.